But I wanted to introduce, uh, we have a guest speaker today, Pastor Aaron Holt, who is the founder of Lead the Generation Ministries, comes to us all the way from Pittsburgh. So it's a, not a super long drive, but we're glad to have him this morning. Uh, I was so blessed by the word that he gave this morning uh, in uh, first service, and I, I know that you're going to be really blessed. So Pastor Aaron, would you come and just share what God has put on your heart this morning? Good morning, Family Life. How's everybody doing? Good, good, good. All right, do me a favor. Look at your neighbor and just talk to him. Say neighbor. Okay, hang on. You got to act like you like this person, okay? You chose to sit next to them, right? Okay. No assigned seating in church. Say neighbor. You look good today. See, that wasn't so bad. That was good. That was good. Yeah. All right, look at your other neighbor, the one you just completely ignored. Yeah, look at that one. Slightly offended with look at say other neighbor. You're my second choice. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's a husband right now who's like, oh wow, I just really messed that up. Like <laughs> no dinner for me on Sunday afternoon, yeah, at all. Um I, I'm so glad to be with you. I'm glad to be back. I was with you about a year ago and uh and love this church, love your pastor and uh, what God's doing here at this place. Aren't you glad to be a part of this family, this church right here? This is a good, good, and um, so just glad to be back with you. I want to introduce my family to you. They're not with me, um, but I got a picture of them. So there's the Holt family right there. You're supposed to go, aww. That was our Easter Sunday picture after service right there at church. Our home church is in Pittsburgh. Allison Park Church is where we all attend. And uh, my wife there beside me to the right, Julie, um, this year will celebrate our 27th year, come on, and uh, of marriage, right? And uh, uh, thank you. And then to our left and right are my, our daughters. So to the right of Julie is Emma. She is a junior in college studying to go into youth ministry. And then right beside me is Ellie. Uh, she's a, a senior in high school. Uh, and then in front of us uh, is our son and our daughter-in-law, uh, Caleb and Jessica, and our two grandbabies. Let's go. Grandparent life is good. Right? This is good. So Heather James, who's about 18 months old, and then not even three weeks old, right before Easter Sunday, Levi John joined to see that little head of hair right there. He already has more hair than his, than his papa. That's, that's me, right? Actually, I'm, um, my grandparent name, I just wanted to be Pop, but Heather has named me Bop. So I'm, I'm Bop. I'm Bob, right? And then, and then my wife chose her grandmother name, and she's Nina. So together, we're Bop and Nina. Right, it kind of it kind of works, right? I was like, it's funny. All right, so uh, um, for for those of you that aren't grandparents, one day you'll you'll love it. If if you are, then you can give me some lessons because I'm still learning. So it's so good. But um, Julie and I run a nonprofit ministry. Uh, called Lead the Generation. Your pastor just mentioned that earlier. And so we're a nonprofit ministry. We've been doing this since 2017. Uh, we empower a generation to change their world through uh, resourcing the local church, developing leaders, and and mobilizing uh, the planting and the establishment of youth ministries and kids ministries and churches. And that's a mouthful right there. But uh, I'll just give you a couple highlights of what we do. And I, and I want you to know uh, just a couple of really cool things that have happened in our ministry uh, in the last year because... Uh, 
your church has been supporting Lead the Generation for the last uh, little over a year now, and we're so grateful for your support. And, and you just celebrated a moment ago uh, what you're doing in missions, and uh, we, we've been a part of, of the generosity uh, of your heart towards missions, and we, we're grateful for that. And so um, we mobilize and equip youth ministries and kids ministries um, across the nation and around the world. Uh, last year, through our online virtual conference, we were able to help uh, youth pastors and kids pastors in over three dozen countries, um, and that's because of funding, like, like uh, what you've been able to provide for us. Uh, and then one of the things that we've been endeavoring to do just more recently in the last year is coming alongside of smaller churches and helping them establish or plant or launch a youth ministry if they don't have one. Um, and that might sound like, uh, like wow, that's, doesn't everyone have that? Well, uh, you guys do. You're blessed. You have a kids ministry here. You have a youth ministry here. But uh, in, the, in America, the American church as a whole, over 50% of American churches do not have any weekly youth ministry of any kind. Um, and so if you are a parent of a teenager or, or those of you that have uh, maybe had the experience of being a part of a local youth ministry when you were younger, you know the impact that that has made in your life and you understand the impact that it makes in a young person's spiritual journey to have that influence. And so uh, we've endeavored to come alongside of churches and help them. In the last year, we've been able to plant 12 brand new youth ministries up in the state of New York with a couple dozen kids from those youth ministries that made it to youth camp for the very first time, kids getting saved, water baptized, uh, and that's because of, of your giving and your faithfulness to help us do uh, what we've been doing. So thank you so much. So grateful for your support. Grateful to be here with you this morning. I want to share from God's word with you. If you grab your Bible... And turn with me. We're going to be in two passages of scripture today. Um, and you're going to want to grab your own Bible or your own device um, in order to follow along. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to read um, verses 8, 9, 10, and 11. And then we're also going to be in Genesis chapter 17 a little bit later in a couple minutes. But for now, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, and uh, we're, let me read a couple verses to you real quick. Um, and uh, here's, here's what I believe. And this is what we're going to talk about this morning. I believe that this year, 2023, uh, can be the best year of your life if, there's always a contingency, right? If you choose to move forward in your relationship with God. If you choose to take steps and move forward in your relationship with God. And that's what I want to talk about. So look at your neighbor and say, move forward. All right, do a little better than that. Say, move forward. Uh, in the text we're going to read, we're going to study the life of Abraham or, or just a couple parts of the life of Abraham and Sarah and how they chose to move forward, right? And so here's the first section we'll read together. Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verses number 8, 9, and 10. We'll start there and just follow along with me um, and, uh, and let's read this together. By faith, everyone say by faith. Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, everyone say by faith. He made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, that's his son and uh, grandson, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And let's read verse 11 as well. And by faith, everyone say by faith. Even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him 
faithful who had made the promise by faith. Abraham is living. Abraham and Sarah are living uh, in what my wife have come to know in our, in our own vernacular as living in a certain uncertainty, right? Abraham is certain in the text that God has spoken to him, but he is uncertain as to where he is going. God said, pack your bags, time to go, but he's uncertain as to where to go. Imagine the scenario, right? Abraham sits down with his wife, Sarah, and says, hey, I heard a voice from heaven. God has spoken to me. It's time for us to move. And, you know, and she says, okay, I'm, I'm with you, baby. I'm right along. Let's do this together. Let's pack this place up. Where are we going? And Abraham, awkward silence. He's like, well, baby, the, that's the thing. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not certain. I'm just, I'm uncertain. I know, I'm certain God spoke to me, but I'm, I'm uncertain about uh, where we're going. Have you, you ever had like this moment in life where you live in a certain uncertainty? I'll give you some examples. I'm certain that this church is squarely and firmly in Pittsburgh Steelers territory. But I am uncertain as to how you got a Denver Broncos fan as a pastor. Like, okay, how did, like, some of you are like, I've been wondering that for a year. Okay, <laughs> I don't, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I am, I, I am certain that your pastor and I have the best haircuts in this place, right? Uh, I'm uncertain that either of us really wanted that at an earlier point. I like, you know, and, you know, we live in a certain un- uncertainty, right? Uh, I had this experience uh, in my in, earlier in life when I was a young, when I was a young adult and I was in college, I, I signed up to go on a summer tour with one of our college groups and we would, we'd go to different youth camps and different churches in the summer. Uh, and as we would go to churches, people in the church would open their homes and be host homes for us so that we would stay there. And so on a Saturday night, we showed up at this church and we were waiting for our host home rides to come and get us. And this was always a moment of certain uncertainty for me because uh, when I was in college, I was much more of an introvert, you know, like than I am now. Um, how many of you are introverts? You're like, that's you, you're an introvert. See, did you see the did you feel that? Very quietly and slowly, they raised their hands. I'm like, it's me. How many of you are extroverts? You're just like, that's me, that's me. And see, they're just like, over here, check me out, right here. Okay. Um, so I, this was always a moment of certain uncertainty for me when I'm like host home because I never knew what to expect. You know, you don't, I never, never stayed with these people before. I had one home that I woke up in the middle of the night and their cat was sleeping on my lap. That's why I'm certain that I don't like cats anymore and that dogs are superior in every way. I, you know, um, but I, I, uh, I, I get picked up. We go to the house. I'm on by myself with uh, the husband who's picked me up and we, we get there and I'm just going to introduce myself to the wife. You know, hi, my name is, is Aaron, you know, and, um, and uh, so right before I get ready to do that, she, the husband steps in. He's just trying to be nice. He's being polite. He steps in. He's like, honey, I want to introduce you to our guest. He's going to stay with us this evening. He's from Valley Forge Christian College, uh, and his name is Brian. I'm like, I'm certain my name is not Brian, but I'm uncertain as to what to do in this moment because I'm kind of shy, introvert, college kid in this, at this point in my life. Have you ever had this happen? Someone gets your name wrong? Not like a little wrong, like way wrong. Like, like I get, people get my name a little wrong all the time Look, because it's like a weird spelling, E-R-A-N, so like they spell it wrong all the time. I was in Starbucks the other day and, the, and with my daughters, and the lady was like, she's like, what's the name for your order? I'm like, Aaron. And she's like, A-A-Ron? <laughs> And I, listen, my whole life I've had to spell my name, and sometimes I'm just tired. And I was like, yeah, that, that's great. That's cool. That's great. And my daughters, my daughters were like, Dad, that's not how your name is spelled. And the lady's like, 
She's like, how's your name spelled? I want to get it right for you, sir. I want your name to be right, spelled right on your cup of coffee. And I'm like, oh, it's spelled E-R-A-N. And she's like, I'm going to get it right. And so she gets it right. Well, then we, we wait. And then there's another person that picks up your cup in order to announce your name that your drink is ready. And so she picks up the cup and she's like, is Iran here? I'm, you know, I'm like, it's not worth it. Okay. So this lady, she, she's like, she, he says, the husband, he's like, this is Brian. And she just starts like greeting me. Well, hi, Brian. How you doing, Brian? Where are you from, Brian? Tell me about your family, Brian. I mean, Brian, 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 Brian. I don't know if you've experienced this or not, but if you ever do, here's the rule. If you don't correct the issue within a couple seconds, it's too late. And people nodding your head, that's the rule, right? That's, I mean, but if you got about five seconds to make it right, and after that, you're stuck. And I was stuck, and I just, in my, in my, in my head, I just was like, I'm Brian. <laughs> that's me right now. I'm just Brian. All night long, I'm Brian. I'm sitting there, we're having dinner together. I'm Brian, Brian, Brian. Next morning, knock on the guest room door. Brian, time for breakfast. I'm, that's right, I'm Brian. I'm in my Brian mode. Let's go. <laughs> and I walk out to, to, to the kitchen and they have, they've made breakfast and the husband and the wife and they have invited a guest to join them for breakfast on Sunday morning and I immediately get panicked because I'm thinking, what if the guest asks me what my name is? What do I do? And I start to pray and I'm like, God, just let that husband introduce me again. Because, you know, listen, you can pray about dumb stuff too. I'm just, you know, like... And he, and thank, and he does, he's like, this is our guest, Brian. And I'm like, yeah, hi, how you doing? You know? And so we're, you know, I'm just in my head, I'm thinking, I'm certain this is all going to come to an end. I just, it's going to be over. I just, you know, well, like I'm, on breakfast is almost done. And, and this, this guest, the, the lady who's there, she says to me right at the end of breakfast, she says to me, she says, well, Brian, I just need to let you know something. I love your name. <laughs> Now I'm certain, like uh, this is like uh, this. Uh, she's like, no, I need to let you know why I love your name because I'm like, oh, it's a good name, you know. And uh, and uh, she's like, I love your name because because my son's name is Brian, and you remind me of my son. Oh no, is right. I'm like, can it get any worse? I I'm like, like, yes, it can get worse because a second later she says to me, I just need to know my son. He spells his name B R I A N. How do you spell yours? Now I'm, now I'm very much in the certain uncertainty of this moment and I don't know what to do and I don't really want to come clean at this point. And so, and I'm just thinking like, Lord, forgive me, but I'm going to lie my way through every vowel and syllable. I spell my name B-R-Y-A-N that, you know, I, I just like, you know, we, this happens in life. We live in a certain uncertainty, right? Even in even in your faith journey, even in your, your walk with God, even, even in your relationship with Jesus, you and I, we live in a perpetual certain uncertainty. What are you, what are you talking about? Well, you're, you and I, we are certain that Jesus is going to return one day, but we're uncertain as to when that's going to be, right? Uh, you, you, you probably have found yourself in moments or seasons of your life where you are certain that God has a plan for you or a calling for you or a purpose for you, but you're uncertain as to what it is. Ever been there? Right? Uh, sometimes you find yourself in a difficult situation or a storm in life, and, and, and you say in your heart or in your mind, I am certain that God is for me. I am certain that God is with me. I am certain that God is helping me, but I am uncertain as to why I'm going through this right now. Or I'm uncertain as to how God is going to fix this situation. 
right? Ever been there? That's where Abraham is. Abraham just simply endeavoring to move forward in his life in the midst of certain uncertainty, right? So let's talk about it. I want to give you four simple decisions that you can make this year uh, to move forward, to make this year of your life the best year of your life. I'm going to give you four things that we're going to, they're all going to come right from the text that we've just read and, and, and then from the Genesis text that we'll read in a moment. Uh, four simple things that we learn from Abraham's life on how do I move forward even when I am living in a certain uncertainty. Everybody's, are you ready? Say, I'm ready. If you're with me, say, I'm with you. Okay, here we go. Let me give you some background before we jump into this, okay? Abraham and Sarah are 75 years old when this happens in, in the text, when the angel comes and speaks to him and says, it's time to move. They're living in a city called Chaldees. Everyone say Chaldees. Chaldees would have been, in antiquity, Chaldees would have been um, one of the biggest, largest cities that you could live in. It would, be, it would almost been like the New York, like the New York City of its day. About 250,000 people known for importing and exporting, which means there would have been great wealth there. Meaning everybody wants to move to Cowdies, not away from Cowdies, right? Uh, and so Abraham and Sarah have been there. They've been established there. As far as we know, that's where they have been their whole life. And at this point in their life, because they're still there in the city, it indicates to Bible scholars that they were people of means. They were people of wealth, right? So they are, in American culture, we would say they're out there living their best life, right? They've got it going on. It's good. Everything is comfortable. Things are probably pretty easy for them. Um, and, and, and all of a sudden, God speaks to them and says, I'm calling you to move. I'm calling you to, to move forward. And they have to deal with this certain uncertainty, right? And, and all of a sudden, it's, it's what we said. It's Abraham sitting down with Sarah saying, we're going to move. I don't know where we're going to move. I don't know when we're going to get there. I don't even know how we're going to know when we're there. I just know that God has called us to move forward. Here's point number one. You can write this down. If you want to have the best year of your life here in 2023 and you want to move forward in your walk, in your relationship with God, you're going to have to move forward. Number one, you're going to have to move forward with obedience that is greater than understanding. You're going to have to move forward with obedience that is greater than your understanding. I mean, the text clearly says to us, Abraham knows that God has spoken to him. He's certain, but he's uncertain as to what comes next. I, I have been in, um, I've had situations, my wife and I have had moments like this in our life. We, we were youth pastors on staff at a church in Reading, Pennsylvania for almost 16 years. Uh, and then it became very clear to us that God had spoken that it was time for us to, to leave. We were uncertain as to where we were going to go next. We were only certain that it was time for us to go. And so we found ourselves squarely in the middle of, I'm certain God has spoken, but I'm uncertain as to what is next. I'm certain God wants us to move on, but I don't know exactly what direction to go next. And this is a moment where you have to choose to say, God, I'm going to choose like Abraham did. I'm going to choose obedience over my understanding. Now, I don't know about you, but that's, generally speaking, not the way I like it to go in my life. This is the way that I wish it would go. I, I, I wish that when God would come and speak to me or speak to you, and he would say, hey, so here's, here's what I'm thinking. 
I think you should do this, 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 and this. And then when you do this, this, and this, I, I'll, I guarantee that these outcomes will come over here. And then if you do this, then this will happen here. And, and, and then here's, here's what it's going to look like a year from now. And then, here's, and then after, if you do these, then after five years, you're going to get this. And then after 10 years, it's going to get this. Like, I just think God should just lay out the whole plan, right? And then present it to me. And then I get the opportunity to say, all right, God, not a bad job. I'll, I'll take a look at it and I'll see what I think. <laughs> Come on. How many of you wish that that's kind of how it worked, right? Come on. Like, you're just like, this would be nice, right? You could just be like, okay, cool. God put together a master plan for my life and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to decide if I want to sign off on it or not, right? I, has anyone had that kind of uh, interaction with God recently? Does he do that in your life? Mm-mm, no, no, no. So here's typically what it's like. God says, Here's the plan for your life. And he slides across the table a blank sheet of paper and says, just sign the bottom of it as a contract of obedience, and then I'll fill in all of the gaps in the blanks later. That's what he did to Abraham, and that's what it's like for you and I. You you and I, oftentimes when God speaks to us and, and, and asks for our obedience, our response is, yes, Lord, if I understand. And God doesn't really work that way. It's, it's, almost like, uh, it's almost like I'm driving the car and I've invited Jesus to ride shotgun. Right? And Jesus is like, hang a right up here. Eh, maybe. Right? Uh, Pastor and I went out for, for breakfast this morning and, and I didn't know how to get to the church and he was, you know, telling me which way to go and I just listened to him because I trusted that he actually knew where he was going in relation to me. I didn't know where I was going. But, but sometimes this is the way that you and I treat God. We, we put Jesus in the shotgun position and we're just like, yeah, well, it's up to me, right? I'll decide. And, you know, ultimately you have volition. You have free will. Yes, you do. But if, if you really want to call Jesus the leader of your life or the Lord of your life, you got to switch places. And it's not Jesus riding shotgun. It's Jesus driving the car. It's Jesus take the wheel. Take it from my hand. I can't do this on my own. She was driving last Friday. On, I'll sing the song, right? Do I? Okay. But, that, that's, but see, that's, that's what it is when we say obedience over understanding. It's, it's Jesus, you're driving the car, and I've made a decision to trust you. I've made a decision to just say, you're going to lead, you're going to guide, and I'm not always going to understand exactly what is going on in life. You you know, let me say this. There's probably about 10,000 things that God's working on in your life right now. You're probably only aware of like three of them, and you probably don't understand any of them, or maybe one at best. This is obedience over my understanding. This is what Abraham models for us. It's God saying to Abraham, are you willing to just simply pack up the bags and move, obey first, understand second? If you're going to have the best year of your life, if you're going to move forward, you're going to have to choose obedience over your understanding. Number two, here's number two. Let's go back to the text here real quick. In in, in Hebrews chapter 11, right? It says this, by faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. Isaac and Jacob were, were Isaac was ultimately his son. Jacob became a grandson or was a grandson many years later. 
Last part of the verse here. For he was looking forward to the city that had its foundations, whose designer and builder is God. A reference ultimately to heaven or to the promised land. A reference to something Abraham never actually saw with his own eyes. But this is what he was looking forward to. So here's, here's principle number two. Write this down. If you're going to have the best year of your life, if you're going to move forward, you not only have to choose obedience over understanding, you have to choose number two, calling over comfort. Calling over comfort. Abraham was comfortable. Sarah was comfortable. They lived in Chaldees. They had wealth. They had servants and people, and they had, they had great possession. They had great means, but, they, but they, they, they pursue the calling, and the calling takes them to a place that I would suggest is not very comfortable because the text says they lived in tents. I'm not, I don't know about you. Like, I'm not much of a camping kind of guy. Like, glamping, that sounds cool. Like, I've seen pictures of that. That's something. But like, like I'm not much of a camping kind of. And if you're Abraham and you just packed up your bags and made your wife sell the house, the dream house in Caldes, and now you're showing up in the middle of nowhere, and he's like, you're like, all right, we're we've arrived. Pitch the tent. And like, and if you're Sarah, you're thinking, wait, what? <laughs> what are we, what are we doing? You know, I mean, like, I, I'm just saying, like, I mean, think about, there's no welcome home sign, there's no Starbucks down the road, there's no little pack of coupons, welcome to the neighborhood, you know, there's, I mean, there's, I mean, goodness, there's not, there's no Chick-fil-A, dear Jesus, what do we, you know, like, no, 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 not all the comfort is gone, and if you're Abraham, if you're Abraham, what do you say to your wife? It just, just calm down. <laughs> As if... As if using the words calm down has ever worked in the history of calm down. Like, I just, like, I just, husbands, just never say that to your wife. It never, ever were. I'm just like, no, this is, this is calling over comfort. This is, and this is, this is, a, this is hard for us, especially as Americans, because we love our comfort. I want a seat, my comfortable pew. I want, I want the church with air conditioning right at 72. 